0: Hello, and welcome to the T Set Better Health podcast. This is James Tyree, a T Set health communication consultant. Now, my usual partner, the great Kate Howell, is off this month to enjoy a very well deserved vacation. However, I am very happy to welcome our guest co host, producer, birthday man, and T Set's newest health communication manager, Dylan Jasna. Welcome, Dylan.
1: Hey, James. And hello, everyone. It's great to be here with you and all of our listeners. At TSET, I manage the communication side of our Healthy Youth Initiative and Shape Your Future Brands. This includes all the resources we provide to help every Oklahoman be tobacco-free, eat better, and be more active. And speaking of physical activity, that's what we're exploring more of at the community level in this episode.
0: That's right. The idea for this episode started with the Walkability and Placemaking Summit that took place in Ponca City in June of this year. It was organized by two T-Set Healthy Living Program coordinators in Kay County, Jenny Creech and Sarah Davis, and their wonderful community partners. The summit was so terrific that I wanted us to share its information with all our listeners.
1: So, what made that event so great?
0: Well, the event featured speakers and panelists who offered great ways and reasons for making their cities, neighborhoods, and schools more accessible for pedestrians, joggers, and bicyclists. It was preceded the early evening before by a walking tour of downtown Newkirk that featured a new app that can help pedestrians in a certain town hold up their phone or tablet to see what the various buildings looked like. Up to a hundred or more years ago. You know, it's amazing what can be seen and learned by getting out and walking in our Oklahoma communities.
1: I'm excited to hear from our guests today, all of whom presented at the Walkability Summit in Ponca City. They included a Kay County Elementary School principal, a TSET Healthy Living Program Coordinator who works with many community partners in Muskogee for active transportation, and two experts on walkability and placemaking at the University of
2: Oklahoma. I'm Shane Hampton. I'm the director of the University of Oklahoma's Institute for Quality Communities. So walkability,
1: I can figure out, but what exactly is placemaking?
2: Yeah, many people in community development and related fields might be hearing the terms walkability and placemaking and kind of wondering what those are really all about or how to to get started on making progress or why they should even care about those two terms. So for me walkability is about making it safe and comfortable for people to walk in your neighborhood or town and that might be, you know, in more of a residential setting which is, you know, imagining being able to walk to amenities like parks or schools, or other neighborhood destinations. And it could be walkability in a more commercial district setting, like Main Street. You know, being able to window shop, walk along a nice, pleasant, shaded sidewalk and experience the city's character on foot. So walkability is all about that safety and comfort of being able to get out of the car and enjoy walking around the community.
1: Okay, and placemaking?
2: Placemaking is really kind of a process where local residents can help shape strategies or programs that improve their public spaces. So public spaces might be parks or plazas or streets or even public buildings like libraries or courthouses. And we really see a lot of towns want to make their public spaces more welcoming and interesting so that people can spend time there and meet neighbors and find reasons to come together in public spaces.
1: It seems like sidewalks are the best way to encourage people to walk more. They are not a given in every community.
2: Some streets really do require sidewalks so that we can be safe when we're walking and separated from any conflict with vehicles. But it is pretty common, especially in those post-World War II neighborhoods, to not have sidewalks constructed at the same time as the neighborhood but i think things are changing a little bit around oklahoma and the rest of the country as well so sidewalks walking infrastructure are increasingly seen as essential components of infrastructure again for for streets and roads, and that's really driven by people wanting to live in neighborhoods where they have options for daily errands or recreation to get out and walk and we were seeing um, the prevalence of sidewalks increase in some cities they've changed ordinance so that new developments are required to include a sidewalk in their development plan so that way in areas that are experiencing growth those new areas are covered by sidewalks
1: it's good to know we're seeing more sidewalks now but how is this happening
2: cities have to turn to understanding how to prioritize replacing or constructing new sidewalks in those established areas. And cities are, you know, making progress in that too. So Oklahoma City has done a great job. You know, they have a 600 square mile city that they have to prioritize where they spend infrastructure dollars. And there's a planning initiative called BikeWalk OKC that has done a great job prioritizing Where do we start? If we can only build so many sidewalks each year or with certain pools of funding, what's the most important type of sidewalk and location for sidewalks that we can select? So we've seen a lot of progress in those cities. And I think smaller cities are finding more and more funding sources from the state or groups like TSET as well, where they can also pursue walking improvements.
1: This focus on walkability is not only making neighborhoods more appealing, Shane says it's also good for
2: business. People want to have a walkable commercial district in their own community. And they like to travel to visit successful places all over the state too. And a lot of communities want to see that their main street thrives. Main streets that are walkable and well cared for are a great environment for locally owned businesses in particular. So you know, their place where people enjoy experiences that are created by those local entrepreneurs. And the best thing about it is, we can't replace that experience of strolling Main Street, or browsing local goods or having a great meal with your family with online shopping, we just can't replace that experience online. So I think having A walkable commercial district fitting into that experience people want can help make communities be really resilient and have economic success.
1: OU's Institute for Quality Communities, also known as IQC, has helped a number of communities become not just healthier with active transportation, but also more vibrant. Shane explains how IQC does this.
2: Our Institute for Quality Communities is located in the College of Architecture at OU. So we are interested in everything to do with the built environment. So whether that's from the inside of the building to outside in the streets and in between buildings or parks, we're interested in helping communities advance their goals related to those places and challenges. So a couple of things that we do. One is the placemaking conference that should be returning in 2023 after we had a pause in that event during the pandemic. So we hope to bring groups back to Norman to hear from a couple of great speakers in the spring and just kind of energize and inspire people to go back and keep working in their community on those topics. And we also provide direct assistance to communities as well. So each spring we have a request for proposals from towns and cities all over the state. People who represent municipal governments or local neighborhood nonprofits can write in to describe something they're working on and see if we can find a way to help them out. We work with students in particular, trying to put them to work on real-world issues, and so we tend to act as a matchmaker between a community that needs some help, design and planning assistance on a topic, and students who want to learn by doing and experiencing.
1: It sounds like a win-win situation all around for the students and certainly for cities and towns of all sizes partnering with IQC. So, how can someone learn more about this resource?
2: If anyone is a social media user, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under OU IQC or OU Institute for Quality Communities. So follow us on social media to find out what we're up to And you can also check out our website, which is iqc.ou.edu. On our website, we have information about upcoming ways to collaborate or upcoming events. We also have a library of projects that we've helped communities with in the past.
1: IQC's expertise is valuable, but so are financial resources to help make walkability and placemaking plans a reality.
2: There are a number of support mechanisms that community advocates can try to look into. So the Oklahoma Department of Transportation, ODOT, can can fund walkability improvements through their Transportation Alternatives Program or TAP. They have some new funding opportunities coming up in the next month or so, really soon. So watch for ODOT funding. Another great resource is Regional Councils of Government. So here in Central Oklahoma, we have the Association of Central Oklahoma Governments, or ACOG. Every region in Oklahoma is covered by one of these COGs. You can check out those. They have a lot of transportation funding that they can filter down to local governments and entities. And of course, we always talk to communities about having access to their local TSET coordinator, if they're lucky enough to have TSEC program in their area. Other nonprofits like AARP or the National Association of Realtors are also interested in placemaking and walkability. So really there's a lot of groups either from a government standpoint or from a nonprofit and granting agency standpoint that are looking to support those initiatives.
0: That was great, Dylan. Our thanks to Shane Hampton for sharing those insights on walkability with us. Later in this episode, we will hear from Shane's colleague at OU's IQC, Ron France, who will talk more about the benefits and dare I say, excitement of placemaking. But first we will hear from a pair of guests who are seeing the benefits of getting sidewalks, paths and trails in their own communities. The first is a longtime educator in Kay County that I met at the summit in Ponca City.
3: My name is Kelly Martin, and I've been in education for 31 years. I did 10 years at New Kirk where I taught a variety of subjects. I did some special ed, I did developmentally delayed, second grade, kindergarten fourth and fifth grade reading when a small school when you have lots of different certifications you do whatever they need then i moved to tonkwa which is my hometown and i taught kindergarten and then i became the principal and i've been the principal for eight years at tonkwa elementary june 30th is my last day and i will be moving to deer creek Clement elementary school as the principal there
0: kelly shared with us at the summit how she was able to work with tset its healthy living program and other partners to bring a walking path recently to Tonkawa Elementary School when she was still the principal there.
3: Well, Jenny Creech, who is with TSET, reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in doing certified healthy? And it was maybe my first or second year at being principal and I said, I I don't know anything about it, but sure, because she said, you know, you can get some free things and we'll give you some help. And so that kind of began my journey with TSET. So Jenny and some of the other people she worked with were great help at first, just We worked really hard on getting policies in place and getting them board approved because a lot of times we thought we had a policy and this is how we did it, but we didn't actually have the policy. So that took us two or three years to get all of our policies in place. And then I was able to apply for a district TSEC grant and I received $20,000 to build a walking trail because before our kids could not get out. If it was wet, even just damp from the dew, we couldn't get out and walk.
0: So to recap. She worked with Jenny Creech of the TSET Healthy Living Program on policies that not only improved wellness at her school, but also helped them receive a TSET Healthy Schools Incentive Grant and other grants, including Oklahoma Tribal Engagement Partners, or OPTEP.
3: Because of TSET, OKTEP reached out to me. And we have a high Native American population. And so with OKTEP, that's one of the requirements. So they reached out to me. And they were able to come in. And they do a program called Eagle Adventure with our pre-K and our first grade. And it just talks about being active and what foods are nutritional. Then they were able to help me get a Storyline walking trail and it goes around our walking trail and it has pictures and a story and it gives the kids different movements to do as they're walking. That will premiere in August because with COVID and stuff, things kind of got behind. And it will use some of the Tonkwa native language in these storylines. That happened and then a program called Project Switch 2.0, found me because of Set and reached out to me and asked if I would like to be part of their grant program. We received $7,000 from them to purchase some things for the school. And one of the best things for me was we got to be part of Painted Spaces, a partnership with UCO through the Project Switch Grant. And they came up and they actually painted things on our concrete spaces, on our walking trail, on our basketball court. They painted four square, they painted different zigzag courses, tic-tac-toe, they did a bullseye where you throw bean bags out on it. And it was just things to make the kids more active when they were out there. And then I also received a TSET site grant for $4,000 to get hydration systems for outside because that was one of our biggest problems is we could now get outside, but we didn't have water outside. And so I was trying to haul coolers outside to do water and that got to be um, pretty labor intensive. So they will be getting hydration systems here in the next month.
0: It was great to hear how this walking trail, financed by a TSET grant, opened the door to Tonkawa getting additional funding for even more resources that boosted the kids' health and wellness. But I wanted to hear more about how the walking trail, the project that started it all, made an impact for the kids, their well-being, and even their education.
3: Well, for the students, it's been great because before we have about 460 kids in the school and in the morning when they'd come in for breakfast, we had nowhere to put them besides the gym and they would just have to sit, some of them for 35, 40 minutes. We tried to go to our high school track, but you still had to go through wet grass and mud and dirt and all that was being tracked into the school. So they would just have to sit. Once we got the walking trail, we had concrete right out our back door. So it didn't matter how wet it was. They could go out the back door and walk the walking trail. And then we've used it at recess. They walk the walking trail. Or the kids that have to walk like at recess time, it's definitely helped them because they are getting fresh air and they are getting movement instead of before you know they got in trouble in class for being rambunctious and then we said okay now you sit out at recess So it's almost like we were part of the problem because we weren't giving them an outlet. And so now they have an outlet where they can walk the walking trail. They'll be able to read the story trail on the walking trail with the painted spaces. It says when they're going around, it'll show do a squat so they can do five squats and they can go to the next one and do jumping jacks. So it kind of gives those kids that need that extra movement that before we were punishing them, it's giving them a chance to do that movement. And our PE uses it a lot just to start their time, to get their blood going with the walking trail and doing the painted places things going around. So it's definitely been a beneficial thing for our school.
0: The trail clearly has been fantastic for Tonkawa Elementary School kids and teachers in a variety of ways, but they aren't the only ones getting great use from it.
3: The community, can use it at any time i see the community using it more in the fall because they have Wee football out behind it and so you have all these little brothers and sisters and parents that are waiting on the older children to get finished with football so they come over to the playground and walk the walking trail and play on the playground equipment so it's there for the community
0: to use the principal spearheaded the effort to get a walking trail and other improvements but Ms. Kelly Martin said none of it would have happened if others were not involved.
3: Oh, huge, because there's no way any of what we've accomplished at Talk Elementary would have happened without the partnerships with other people. TSET was kind of my driving force, but from there, that helped us branch out into lots of different other partnerships. And some of the partnerships, too, were even community partnerships like Hambry and Hodgson did our walking trail and he donated some labor and some time for me to be able to get it to the size we wanted. And even the city has came in and done some painting stuff for me for bike trails and stuff and it all started with T-set and so we've just gained lots of partnerships through just the knowledge of T-set and being certified healthy and pushing the walking and pushing the nutrition and just being a healthier community.
1: That was a terrific example of how a walking trail created a healthier environment on a school campus, and we thank Kelly Martin for sharing that with us. Now let's hear how improving walkability can benefit an entire community from a T-SET Healthy Living Program grantee.
4: Doug Walton, coordinator of the Muskogee County T-SET Healthy Living Program.
1: He's here to tell us about Connect Muskogee.
4: It is a plan and a process for prioritizing the connections needed within the city to basically better tie together sidewalks and public transit and trails and bikeways. It actually lays out three specific sort of street corridor improvements, which include improvements for both pedestrians and bicyclists and transit users. As well as three additional trail projects
1: connect muskogee started in early 2019 when a steering committee of various stakeholders including t set formed to tackle the growing transportation needs of the city
4: and then really was just about the launch in terms of sort of the public input process getting surveys and map tools sort of completed and gathering folks together. Right when COVID sort of kicked off, March 2020, so it went virtual and was able to really sort of morph into a different process that allowed people to still participate. So since then, the recommendations that came from the transportation planners and engineers, we've had in our hands now about six, seven months and have had several proposals go forth to fund those but it is we think still probably easily three to five years probably before all of these projects could receive funding and even begin construction.
1: It will take quite a while for Connect Muscogee plans to fully be in place, but the collaborative way in which stakeholders are going about it is important for several
4: reasons. I think one of the biggest is that it brought together just a, a lot of different entities, agencies, city and county departments and organizations that either have a role in the transportation infrastructure in terms of some level of implementation, whether it be the transit authority or the streets department at the city, or they have people who clearly are served by a good functioning intact transportation network. So that was one of the, I think, most important pieces that the project really brought together. And I don't know, gaining community buy-in, I think, was just because there were kind of a critical mass of really collaborators, stakeholders, who all saw at least one common goal in having something like this where we've elevated some priorities for improvements for our transportation system and so that gave everyone sort of a reason to be involved
1: as a tset healthy living program coordinator doug says his key role in connect muskogee is facilitation
4: kind of getting and keeping the partners together and ensuring clear communications on where the group was headed and what decisions had been made, what actions needed to be taken, corresponding with the different sort of other lead agencies, City of Muskogee and Muskogee Transit, OSU Extension, Neighbors Building Neighborhoods, all in Muskogee, to just kind of ensure we were all staying on the same page and getting done what different pieces we each needed to do. but. He also
1: has a personal stake in the comprehensive project.
4: I really like to ride my bicycle and to use the trails that we do have in Muskogee and we have a trails master plan that was created back in 2004 that I didn't learn about until starting to work at the Muskogee County Health Department 11 years ago 2011. Did I learn about the master plan calling for 52 miles of trails and 15 miles of on-street bikeways all within the city, not to mention a lot of those trails and bikeways extending out beyond the city. So having more of those in place to ride on and enjoy and invite others to do the same, really I think is one of the most exciting reasons or benefits that I can see for all of this happening.
1: So Doug has his reasons for improving and expanding safe, active transportation but he has learned over the years, many people and organizations have their own reasons to share in this common goal.
4: Maybe, you know, just an organization that just serves a lot of people who may have transportation challenges, be it health care or mental health services or housing authorities or any number of programs, agencies that benefit from having effective and connected transportation options for the people they serve. Once those folks are together uh, in the same room or space or whatever, just really kind of honing in on what the, the um, your particular area, what seemed to be the greatest needs and or opportunities, common goals, things that everyone sort of would benefit from improving and that you know maybe just through some couple meetings or maybe some kind of surveying or other assessing but i think to me finding the allies and a common goal or two really just about anywhere you are are going to be good places to start.
0: It will be fun to see how Connect Muskogee unfolds in the coming years to everyone's benefit there. We appreciate Doug Walton for sharing that information with us. But now let's go back to Ron Franz, a man of many hats at the University of Oklahoma, who gives us a refreshing and relatable take on placemaking.
5: I have a couple positions here at the OU College of Architecture Norman with the Institute for Quality Communities I'm the director of Small Town Studios, also an associate professor with the architecture division and I'm the coordinator for the environmental design undergraduate program. So I always think a sense of place is sort of a passive noun and you may never have a sense of place just because you're a newcomer to an area or you don't feel attachment to that. Neighborhood for some reason, or the city, or something. And I think of placemaking as an active verb counterpart to the sense of place. So if I don't have a sense of place, I can go out and do placemaking and I can go, okay, well, by golly, this is where I live, or this is where I work, or I want to get to know my neighbors better or this dead space can be activated. And it's an active thing that you do. So you do placemaking, so that then you have a feeling for a sense of place. I think by telling the stories, having people walk through their downtowns, learn the histories, walk through their neighborhoods, I think that's how you can sort of benefit a community's present and future, because you start getting people to look and listen and observe their communities in a different way and i can almost promise you i've never had someone at the end of some walking tour and i've led thousands of them in hundreds of communities i've never had anyone at the end of that tour go gosh this was a waste of my time and i don't know anything more about my community it's always like i had no idea this was here or I've never noticed that or boy, I'm going to walk this again because it was so interesting. So I think there are just so many things to benefit from.
0: Placemaking, he went on to explain, is great for our physical and mental health in addition to increasing our knowledge and sense of place.
5: Well, I really think that if if placemaking is happening and places are interesting and they're uh, attractive and they're clean, and even I'm talking more about beautiful buildings, just not stark, box buildings, but beautiful buildings. That encourages walkability. And there are just more and more studies all the time about how walking, just simple walking, increases our health in so many ways. And it's not just weight loss, it helps with diabetes, it helps with heart, and it even helps with mental health because we're giving ourselves a break from everything else, not just sitting in front of a computer or driving or something. And it gives us ourselves a break so that we can sort of have a little downtime and think. One of the things I do with my students in one of my classes is I assign them a silent walk. I tell them to go by themselves and to walk. Pick some historic neighborhood, some historic downtown. It doesn't have to be here in Norman. It can be in Oklahoma City. If they go home for the weekend, it can be in Tulsa or Ponca City or someplace like that. And I tell them, do a silent walk. Put away the phone, get rid of the earbuds. Don't go with anyone. Simply go do a silent walk and observe the communities. And to a student, it's just like, oh man, I just needed this downtime.
0: Sometimes a little walking around town can yield healthy habits that last a lifetime.
5: I'll throw out another one thing just for an example. So when my kids were in school, Bishop John Carroll School in Oklahoma City, they had an incredible PE teacher named Carol Heinen, and she had a hundred mile club. And during the school year, you could run 100 miles or you could walk 100 miles. And that is what she used to encourage the students to be healthy and to get out and exercise. Family members and parents could join along. You could walk if you didn't want to run. Our sons really got into running. My wife and I walked. So every year for eight years, We were in the 100 mile club. I would do three mile urban hikes downtown Oklahoma City with them on weekends to burn up energy with twin boys and also to get my physical exercise. Those two guys are now 29 years old and they still both run and they both still walk a lot. One of our sons is a marathon runner and his goal is to run in the top six marathons in the world. He's already halfway there and his ultimate goal is to qualify for the Olympics. It was that one little thing, a teacher having a 100 mile walking club that encouraged all of us to do that. So my wife and I've been walking our neighborhood, we've been doing downtown Oklahoma City, Will Rogers Park, the Myriad Gardens, Scissortail Park. We've been finding other public gardens in Oklahoma City and walking. And every time I do that, I feel like My physical health is better, but especially my mental health. And I think that is so critical right now following all the stress of this pandemic.
0: We do have great places to walk in the Oklahoma City metro area. But what about smaller towns? Is placemaking and walkable spaces only the domain of larger cities?
5: No, I do not believe so. With IQC, we've gone to some really small communities and walked the entire downtown, or from city limits to city limits on all four sides. Blair, Oklahoma is a small town, and we were able to do that. We've been to Winniewood, we've been to Wewoka. We always do a lot of walking tours. guyman Oklahoma. I believe any place can benefit from uh, placemaking and can benefit from improved walkability. I think we're just especially coming out of this two plus year pandemic thing when so many of us were isolated in our house. I think so many of us are needing to be out and about and to see people and talk with people again. And I'm a very slow mover on this. I'm still wearing a mask. I'm still being very careful, but I know my mental health is much better when we go out and walk. In my signature of emails, I have a quote that I just made up. I said, a good day is spent strolling Main Street with students, staff, and faculty. And that is my favorite thing, is to load up the vans and go out and see these communities and walk around, especially downtowns, but sometimes we're working in neighborhoods as well. And so I love going to places and seeing things and showing students what our communities are like, introducing them to community leaders, bringing students and letting the community leaders meet these students. Sometimes they're from all over the world, bringing people together and safely walking around through the downtown.
0: It was so nice chatting with Ron again after that impressive walkability and placemaking summit in Ponca City. Our thanks go out again to Jenny Creech and Sarah Davis of the TSET Healthy Living Program of Kay County and their community partners for putting that together. And I'm glad our listeners heard some great insights and experiences from the summit's key presenters. And you, Dylan, think often of the benefits of walking and physical activity through your work with Shape Your Future.
1: I do. The main objectives of shape your future are to encourage oklahomans to eat better move more drink water and be tobacco free if you go to shapeyourfutureok.com we have a ton of free interactive resources for all oklahomans i'm talking free activities for families free workouts free meal plans along with grocery lists go check it out and share it with all of your friends and family had a great time on the podcast today and I want to thank all of our guests and listeners for joining us.
0: I agree. Thank you, Dylan. And to all of you who are listening, remember that you can always find our full podcast archive, complete with transcripts at tset.ok.gov podcast. And please follow TSET on social media at Oklahoma TSET to stay up to date on all things wellness and health related.
1: So until next time... This is Dylan Jasna
0: and James Tyree wishing you peace
1: and better health.